Hello, and welcome to episode one of Beta Cells to Bicycles, the official podcast of the BC Diabetes Research Network. I'm Krista Lamb, and I'm so excited to be here today talking to Dr. Bruce Frischer, who leads this network. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the BC Research Network, what it is, and why it's so important to those living with or affected by diabetes in the province. Welcome, Dr. Frischer. Thanks for having me, Kristen. So let's start by explaining what the BC Diabetes Research Network is and what it is that you're doing. Sure, I'll give you a little bit of the history. Diabetes research at, at UBC and in British Columbia as a whole has always been, at least over the last 15, 20 years, I think strong. There's a history here going back to the discovery of the incretins. Uh, but it wasn't really together. There were groups that worked and had team grants, and there was some excellent research coming uh, out. It was a bit siloed. That's partly the geography in Vancouver with uh, groups at Children's Hospital and on the UBC campus, and now an emerging group at UBC Okanagan. And what we really lacked, we had talked about it for years, of finding ways to bring the group together um, to create more collaboration. It, it was also uh, siloed somewhat by pillar. The people who did biology were working together, and the people doing clinical work were working together in population health, but they weren't coming together as uh, teams, and we, and we just lacked a mechanism to do that. And a few years ago, uh, UBC started a program called Grants Catalyzing Research Clusters, which was essentially a funding competition to bring together groups to create uh, areas of research excellence. and. Um, uh, we applied for funding and we were fortunate enough to be uh, funded in that. And that's what really was the um, starting point, the catalyst for creating the BC Diabetes Research Network. And I think it's really interesting because one of the things that, that has been so exciting about diabetes research recently is that there has been a focus on bringing people together collaboratively so that it's no longer a basic or, re or discovery level science in their lab doing their research without having a patient sort of perspective, without having a clinical perspective. And that has, I think, been something that's transformative to how we do research today. And is that something that you were looking at when you were looking at building this network? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we realized that you, you know, the research when we're thinking about patients and what we all really want um, is better outcomes, better health for people with uh, diabetes. Everyone who does diabetes research, whether you're in a lab or a clinic, um, you know, or at a computer, um, wants their work to be translated to that outcome, to improving the health of people with diabetes. It's what people who live with the disease and their families want. They're the funders. And so we really felt that we needed to bring people together. There's countless examples of where that's worked elsewhere in, in practice. And we're already starting to see um, uh, the results. You know, the, the, we've used this term uh, beta cells to, to bicycles. And we've also heard the term uh, from bench to bedside or from bedside to bench. And one example is we've got a lot more work going on now uh, in my own lab and in the network where People are getting samples from biobanks from kids with diabetes, people with diabetes, that we can take into the lab and study the immune cells, the biomarkers that are made by uh, beta cells. So it's really transformed diabetes research in UBC and the province. And I think it's interesting because if someone's listening and they're living with diabetes, how would you say a network like this helps them? Well, as I said, we want the work to be translated. So I think, first of all, bringing people together and the support of the network has made for better research, better bang for the buck, uh, the, the funding dollars that have come in. So the research is, I think, uh, excellent with this um, uh, bringing together and, and cross-pillar 
uh, mechanisms that we've created. We're also really cognizant of trying to find ways to translate the research to move it faster, whether that's uh, into you know clinical testing, clinical trial, or clinical practice uh, guidelines. And the network is by partly by bringing to, together people, but through some of our other um, interactions, uh, we're finding ways to better do that. For example, through seed. Uh, funding mechanisms and I think too it's really important that we hear the patient perspective and, and we do a better job of knowledge exchange we're telling people with diabetes people who live with the disease what the potential impact of our research is and we hear from them uh, you know what matters to them what they think a cure is so that's a the two-way street of knowledge exchange so that's really I think how the the network patient uh, interaction is really transforming diabetes research in BC. And let's talk a little bit about your research because you are also a researcher and, and you're working here. Uh, you work primarily on type 1 diabetes and can you tell me a little bit about your own work and how being part of this network has helped that? Sure. You know I came to research as a you know pretty basic physiologist um, interested in uh, initially in, in how beta cells, the insulin producing beta cells of the pancreas uh, work. I was aware of their importance in diabetes, of course, and the great history of uh, medical research in diabetes in Canada. So that was appealing uh, to me. And so we really, my lab started focused on, on how beta cells normally function, how they make insulin and another protein, peptide hormone we're interested in called uh, IAPP. But working at a hospital, at Children's Hospital and being around clinicians and patients. Um, and through our interactions with funders and the people who support those funders like JDRF and Diabetes Canada, so people who live with diabetes, and then increasing those interactions with the network, which has happened a lot in some of our um, knowledge exchange activities, has really helped me move that sort of basic work, that fundamental research towards um, the clinic. And I'll give you one example in type 1 diabetes. Um, our work in understanding how this peptide hormone is made in beta cells led to the discovery of what we think is a, an important biomarker for type 1 diabetes. So a biomarker is something you can measure in the blood and it might be helpful in predicting disease or how well patients respond to some immune therapy in a clinical trial. So we're very excited about that research and that really started in the lab and is now moving um, into the clinic. And it, it really came about from our ability to interact with clinicians and, and patients and get access to blood samples. And I think it's really interesting that you talk a little bit about your work in biomarkers and, and things like that that are very much, as you said, physiological things, things that are in our bodies on the molecular cellular levels. And can you explain a little bit about the work that you do? Because I want to make sure that we, we really capture what you guys are doing. Sure. Um, so we're interested in beta cells. So, you know, we believe that beta cells are very central to uh, the pathogenesis or the cause of both type 1 and type 2 um, diabetes that in both forms of the disease um, they decline in function and they can be lost due to cell uh, death and so patients with both type 1 and type 2 diabetes eventually um, require insulin so understanding those mechanisms which lead to beta cell loss and of both cells and of function in type 1 and type 2 diabetes is really important on the type 2 diabetes side we think we've made some interesting contributions to how that happens. One of the triggers for inflammation in the pancreas in the area of where insulin is made. We think uh, we've found one of the mechanisms by which that occurs and that may have some 
uh, indications for therapy going forward. And on the um, type 1 uh, side, you know, I think it's beginning to be appreciated that beta cells are important. We have thought for many years that it was an immune attack, uh, just total destruction of the insulin-producing beta cells in type 1 diabetes. But we now know that people with type 1 diabetes, there's probably lots of beta cells still around in their pancreas. Um, and that they're just dysfunctional in the face of this immune attack. So um, research into how we might um, jumpstart them, regenerate new ones, how to make the ones that are there function better, and also importantly in a big area of research in our lab and in the network as a whole is replacing them by um, transplantation is really important. So that beta cell focus I think has been really uh, critical on the biomarker side. If you can, um, we don't have really good ways of, besides blood glucose and something called C-peptide and hemoglobin A1C, which are essentially biomarkers of the disease, we don't have um, really fine ways, precise ways of tracking beta cell function that are simple in people with diabetes. Ones that you could measure just with a single drop of blood, for example, like blood glucose. And so that's the goal of our biomarker work is to discover um, proteins and then validate them, ones that might be altered in the blood of persons with type 1 diabetes or even before they get the disease that you could just detect in a drop of blood. And that might help us predict disease and prevent it in people who um, are at risk and also track how they're responding, how the disease is progressing and how they're responding to therapy. And I think it's really interesting some of the work that you're talking about because it sounds very complicated on some levels, but on other levels, the idea, you know, for example, that beta cells are not completely gone from the pancreas of someone with type 1 diabetes, those are things that have real implications in terms of, you know, cures down the road or treatments or improving treatments. And so when you're looking at how your discovery level and basic level research can help in the long term, what are you thinking about? Right. Well, I think at the basic level, anything we can do to understand how beta cells normally work, and they're this complex, beautiful machine that secretes just the right amount of insulin in response to changes in blood glucose. Um, and we've known this for, you know, we're coming up on 100 years um, soon um, since the discovery of, of insulin by, by Banting and Best and, and, and colleagues. And insulin is still the treatment for people with type 1 diabetes, and it keeps them alive, but we don't really think of it as a cure anymore. It's a, a measure, a, a, a therapy that keeps them alive, but we want to replace or restore um, the beta cells in the pancreas of persons with diabetes um, so that they regain that really tight control of blood glucose and they don't have to inject insulin every day. So our work at understanding how beta cells normally work how they live and how they die, how they're killed by the uh, immune system, why they go become dysfunctional in, in type 1 diabetes, we think is really important because we might be able to find therapeutic approaches, whether that's cell therapies or gene therapies or small molecules, that could improve the function of those beta cells that are there, that could make new beta cells regenerate, say by replication, um, protect the cells that are there, and uh, by for example, by protecting them from the immune attack. And if we could do that, we could theoretically at some point, someday, and that's the hope, is to get uh, people who live with type 1 diabetes off of insulin. And that, I mean, obviously would be a, a wonderful thing for, for so many people. And 
The thing that I've always enjoyed about your work in particular and the work that you do beyond just what's in the lab is that you're very, very involved with the patients. You're not a clinician, but you're very involved in the lives of people living with type 1 diabetes. You do a lot of advocacy work, and you have made them a central focus of the work that you do as a scientist. And why do you think it's so important to have such a number of patients involved in your work? So, you know, I confess I didn't always think that way. I didn't come to diabetes research uh, because I wanted to find a cure, but I think over the years, my interactions, and that's through you know fundraising activities and through uh, knowledge exchange activities and through the BC Diabetes Research Network, um, uh, it's really transformed my um, approach and begun to realize just how um, um, critical that exchange of knowledge is with patients, how important our research is to them, how much they want to help the research by providing blood samples or, or DNA or cells. Um, and it's really been an inspiration for us as researchers. You know, we go through lots of ups and downs when you're working hard in the lab and writing grants and trying to make discoveries. And to know that, you know, there's the potential that you could help these people who many are now my friends, close friends, um, is really, really an inspiration. And so it's really become this two-way street, I think, in terms of um, not just exchange of knowledge, but uh, in terms of understanding the disease, but you know, um, uh, helping form our grants and them, you know, our, our, our ideas and, and the things that we propose um, and, and informing our research and them also providing samples. Um, it's just really been fun and, and transforming. So now I think all my research now is is done through that lens of the patient, uh, the person who lives with diabetes. Which I think is, is, is really so important, especially when you're doing this work, it, you can become so focused on what's happening in the lab that you don't see what's happening in life. And I think that that's, uh, it's amazing to see more research focusing on patients and, and their lives. And I, I think that takes me to sort of my last question, which is when looking at your work, what are you most proud of? Because you've had a, a, a long career, you've been able to put together this wonderful network of people and do some pretty impressive research. So I'm just curious what you see as one of those highlights. Well, thanks for asking that question. I guess I'm proudest of, of two things. I think our work in in beta cells and the in the islet and you know trying to understand in some production of what goes wrong in diabetes has made some contribution of contributions of importance to to that. We've particularly made some contributions to um, why beta cell function declines in, in type 2 diabetes, what the mechanisms for that are. And it's suggested, I think, although it hasn't led to new therapies yet, of course, that's the hope. I think it's made us and other people um, think about that. Um, one being, you know, the, the trigger uh, for uh, inflammation in the pancreatic islet in type 2 diabetes. We think we've got a handle on what that trigger is, it aggregates of this protein called um, IPP. We've also played a role in understanding the uh, a role for cholesterol in the beta cell, and also how beta cells make peptide hormones, how they process them from these precursors, and that's led to our discovery of some uh, biomarkers. So um, I feel like a lot of our work now is moving closer to clinical application, particularly on the biomarker side, and that's what I'm most proud of on my own research. I would also add to that, that along the way, there've been some incredible trainees and colleagues uh, that have interacted with and come through. And so uh, really proud of the role I've played in, in shaping the careers and lives of some really amazing 
diabetes trainees um, who are doing fantastic work now. On the network side, um, yeah, that's been really uh, tremendous, uh, enlightening, and a real joy for me. Um, when it first came together, I, I had my own even personal skepticism about what the impact would truly be. But when you put people together in a room and give them some resources and some room to move and share some ideas, it's and, and you open your mind to to what comes uh, what comes forward. Um, it's really astounding what can happen. And so I've been really proud of how this network has come together, what we've begun to build. It's not finished yet. I think we've created a much better trainee environment for diabetes research. We've created some incredible events that are bringing people together, like Vancouver Diabetes Research Day. We've interacted now and, and linked with people, um, diabetes researcher in the Okanagan in Kelowna with UBC Okanagan. So it's really become a truly provincial network. We've crossed pillars, so now you see people doing clinical research and lab-based research, talking to each other and even talking with people who are doing outcomes and population um, uh, health research. And now, you know, we're starting to bear the fruits of that. More team funding and collaboration, team projects happening. And so I think the potential now for this network to really begin to um, have an impact on the lives of people with diabetes is really starting to come to fruition. So those are pretty wonderful things to be proud of and, and pretty impressive things. So I want to thank you so much for joining us on the show today and uh, for talking to us about this. You've been listening to Beta Cells to Bicycles, a podcast from the BC Diabetes Research Network. If you'd like more information on the network, visit diabetesbc.ca. And if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe so you can learn even more about the work on diabetes research that's being done here in British Columbia. Thanks for listening.